Amen. So it's good to be in the house of the Lord, huh? Praise God. He is so worthy of all of our praise and honor and glory and all of the good things that we can say about him. Uh, you know, words aren't often enough. You know, it just has to be something you express in so many different ways. When we're thankful to the Lord, it's always expressed in a lot of different ways. I think we express it in our words and our activities, our obedience, how we listen to him, get prompted by him. So everything that we do can be a praise to him if we'll think about that and, and let that sink in. So we're going to continue with um, our teaching as we started yesterday. And uh, so we're going to talk about uh, his astonishing power, Jesus's astonishing power. And <clears throat> I'm always seeking the power of God because that's what he gives us to to represent him with. Amen. There are certain signs that follow people who believe. Uh, so you don't have to argue with anybody that you have faith. <laughs> Amen. They'll know it one way or the other. Amen. So there's signs that follow those who believe. And so I'm always submitting myself to uh, people and teachers who um, uh, demonstrate the signs. I don't want to follow people who just have words. Anybody can talk, but you've got to have somebody has a connection. That connection with God is always validated and verified. He said, these signs shall follow those who believe in my name. They'll cast out devils, speak with new tongues. Amen. Uh, you'll find people who are born again, but they refuse uh, the gift of tongues. Amen. That's unbelief. So I call them unbelieving believers. You know, you don't want to rob people of their salvation, but there's unbelief there. And so the Bible talks about people that believe in his name, the power of his name, the authority of his name. And so there are signs that validate that. Uh, ministers throughout the years have considered signs and wonders to be the dinner bell to draw people to Christ. Amen. So when we see certain signs, we we ring the dinner bell and they know they've got the right one. Amen. Amen. So you need not look for another. Amen. Amen. Come on now, y'all get with me. You know, God God does not give you the gift of tongues just so you can, uh, you know, how do I see it? You know, every now and then, you know. When the Holy Ghost makes me, you know, and so we, we want to teach people. I mean, that's, that's really just oftentimes lack of understanding. But when, uh, John the Baptist asked Jesus, are you the one or should we look for another? And what was Jesus's answer? I got signs and wonders following me. He said, the dead are raised, the blind are sight. So that's how you know the one, folks. Amen. 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 So, so God will, will confirm, uh, people in our midst with signs following. Amen. It just, he always does. And so, uh, we, we need to be sensitive to that and look for that because there's always, uh, a, a fight in the earth against the demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then there are things that people will substitute for the signs that God told us would be there. Some people like people who can give them a prophecy or or 
operate in the word of knowledge or something. They get all, you know, geeked about that and run around and follow people and all of that based on maybe even a one-time gift, vocal gift. Amen. But then the sign thing, you can't produce that. That's got to come from God. Amen. That's got, he's got to say, I approve of what you say and what you're doing and I'll confirm it with what I'm doing to validate what you say. And so this is, this is Bible folks. You know, I know there, there are many people who believe many things, but, uh, I want to believe what he told me to I want to demonstrate what he told me to demonstrate and so this is this is why we teach this way this is why we press to receive what God has for us you know this is why you fast and pray this is why you study your word this is why you go uh, to a conference nobody knows about but you know when you get there the power of God will be in demonstration and so you want to always be in that atmosphere so it's a good way to sort out how you spend your time uh in God what things are you pursuing uh in the Lord uh, yesterday when when I went out I prayed with Nola to to uh for her uh, she was having a, a jewelry party and so I said well I'll lay hands on your stuff and we'll pray for it and and so when she got there uh, there was a woman there who was a Bible study teacher that was, and they talked all the, the whole time she was with her, they talked about different ministers and their ministries and the power of the Holy Spirit in the ministries. And this lady was believing God for, for uh, the glory of God to be revealed in the body of Christ. And uh, she had a, she had taught a Bible study that morning. But she was still there, and, and so that was part of Nola's blessing as far as getting to where God wants her to be. You know, sometimes you can have a long day if God don't send somebody, you know, another saint at least, amen, to rejoice with you and be encouraged with you, you know. So, And I'm sure it was a strengthening for the both of them. So, so those things God always, you know, he always confirms like when you're talking about the dunamis power of God then he has somebody confirm it that they're expecting the same things uh, to come into existence in the body of Christ and they'll come if we let them you know they'll come if we let them and if we pursue them and if we seek them so I am a seeker of the glory of God in greater and greater manifestation because that is what he has given us as our calling card that we belong to him Amen. So, um, so yesterday we had spoken some about, um, uh, the difference between, uh, the authority and the power that came when Jesus came. And, uh, so why don't we approach the throne? Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. And we thank you so much, Lord, for listening ears, open hearts, receptive hearts that they might be receptacles of your glory and your power, that when they go out, Father, they would be fully empowered to do the works of God and and to preach in your name, and you confirm what they preach with signs following. So we thank you, Lord, and we honor you, and we bless you for this opportunity in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. How's my sister doing? Your pain all gone? We don't let the devil put people in pain around here. Yeah, yeah, hear me? So, yeah, so he gotta go, gotta go. So, praise God. Um, but, uh, that, that was exousia. <laughs> Authority. 
God shows up with the power when you use your authority. So praise God. So yesterday we were, were, were speaking about this and then we're in Luke chapter four and we talked about the fact that when people heard Jesus speak, they were astonished at his words. So whenever the power of God shows up, if it's on your words, if it's in demonstration, um, people are astonished. It gets people's attention. Amen. There is an uh, awakening, a noticing that people do. There is an attention that that word gets. Um, you know, when you when you are firm in your convictions and you really believe the word of God. Now, this isn't true with everything we believe. But when you believe the word of God, there is a different um, power that comes with you. There is a power that accompanies your faith in that word. You're embracing that word. You're understanding that word. And so when you carry the word of God, that carries with it a certain level of authority. If it didn't, you couldn't get to from your car into the church building without the devil killing you. The word preserves your life. Amen. Just like Joshua and Caleb. They lived over, they saw all their buddies dropping dead. You know, there had to be a protection around them. I mean, seriously, when you, it's like, like people, uh, nowadays you get older. And so as people get older and older, they, when they hear of a friend passing away and going, Oh boy, he's getting closer. You know. <laughs> You know, I mean, I fight it. I, I don't, I just, and I can laugh about it because I'm perfectly content with what, however God has, however long he has me here, I'm perfectly content with that. But, uh, I know everybody leaves here at some point. So, but, but you know, some people, uh, watch the obituaries and cut them out and circle them. And if they see somebody they know, they just all over it and stuff. And, like a your own personal death watch. Huh? But think about Joshua and Caleb. They watched their buddies drop dead for 40 years. I mean, I'm sure after a while they lost count. They quit watching. They just said, well, another, you know, boom, boom, boom. Another one bites the dust. Yeah, that kind of stuff. That was that. I mean, you have to do something else. You couldn't sit there and get nervous watching all that happen. But they were under prophecy. See, they were under prophecy that, that God promised that they would see the promised land, even if the rest of them didn't want to go in. So that's why many times we're here as long as we're here. The word is keeping us here because God's promised us something and we got to see it before we leave. Amen. And so this is the the beauty of living in the kingdom, in God's word. You have to have that word in you and you've got to have it guiding your life because it it's it sets up a protective wall around you. It's a barrier. It keeps the devil out and it keeps you in. That's why you can't do a lot of stuff you used to think you wanted to do. Amen. Your list of must do's get shorter and shorter the longer you walk with God. Amen. 
then you get content just sitting there and say, well, God, whatever you want, I, you know, I'm not budging until you tell me to budge, you know, that kind of thing. And so, so that word though, that's in us is what preserves us. It is what keeps us and guides us. And when you speak from that word, you speak with authority. Faith is confidence. Amen. Faith is confidence. Now we don't have authority over people. We have authority, number one, over our own selves, and we have authority over uh, the demonic realm, the kingdom of darkness. So anything that's of darkness, we have authority over it. And when you speak that word, it's spoken in an astonishing fashion. Amen? You know, people say things like, well, you think you somebody. Who you think you are? You trying to go for bad. I'm thinking, you'll see these big angels standing behind me. What's your problem? It ain't me. It's who I brung, partner. It's who came with me. Amen. Amen. And and they operate at your word. If you don't ever speak it out, it won't happen. Amen. And so when when we understand how his kingdom works, number one, with his word and with our faith, and our confidence in his word, then we'll be more more um, apt to have confidence to do the things that God has set us in the earth to do. And so Jesus was was in the wilderness. We we saw this yesterday, 40 days being tempted of the devil. Now, um, when 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 you're tested. It's to. When you got tested in school, what did you do? <laughs> I didn't mean to ask that question like that. But you could get a bunch of different answers. Somebody said hide. <laughs> Have my grades from a mama. Huh? But when you were tested, you were you were judged, weren't you? Well, if y'all had real teachers, I don't know what kind of fictitious schools y'all went to. Crazy school. But when you were, and that's why you were nervous before a test. Most people are. I mean, there's some people, you know, there's some people that are pretty confident, but mostly you, you, your anxiety helps you to focus so that you can get the answers right. And so most people are. You, you're you're not nervous about the test, but you're nervous about the judgment. Come on now, get with me now. Come on now. Yeah, that's really what gives you the anxiety. It's the judgment, because you're either going to get them right or get them wrong. You're either going to get enough right to get a, a whatever letter grade they give you. So all of those are judgments that you come under. So when Jesus was tempted, he was judged faithful. He was judged righteous. He was judged. He passed his test. Amen. And so he went in, the Bible says, to the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. So his power was not diminished from the test. That's what you need to understand. Whenever you're tested by God, and you will be over and over and over again, you are tested 
You go in in power. You have enough power to pass the test. But when you come out, your power quotient increases. If you pass, you come out, your power increases. If you don't pass, you get a do-over. You get to do the test over again. You'll wonder, I thought I was beyond this. I mean, come on, is it, is it, are we doing this again? Huh? Yeah, you're going to keep doing it till you get it right. And it's not because God's being mean to you. It's because you have enough in you to get it right. He just wants you to use it. So really, it's about using what we have within us and adding to it. You know, like one of, this is a class you should want to be an honor student in. I mean, I want to, you know, and I never felt that way about school before. You know, I just give them what they want and keep moving. <laughs> what y'all want? I'll tell you what you want, though. What you want? Keep it moving. Yeah. I did go on a rant yesterday about the evil school system from top to bottom. So I won't, I won't go there again today, but anywho, but, uh, well, they're just human. They're teachers. They're looking for something. I figured that out when I was about in third grade. Know what I'm saying? She keeps saying that. She must like it. I remember it so I can put it on the test with it. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. But see, in the school of the spirit, you never graduate. Amen. You never have too much. Because the world is always pressing in on us. You know, we get dirty from the world. We get, our minds get polluted and goofy thoughts come in from the world. Amen. And from religious, the church is the world, too, in a big respect, because there's religion in the church. So you get all kind of creepy ideas about, you know, stuff. And and and, and we need to be constantly challenged to make the right decision. So really passing God's test is really a matter of making his decision, siding with him and sticking to it under pressure. And that's what Jesus was able to do when he was tempted of Satan. He was offered all kinds of things of this world. But Jesus knew that his kingdom was not of this world. So what we do when we're tested, the enemy wants to offer us things connected to this world. But we live in a kingdom that's not of this world. And if you keep choosing that kingdom, then God will be pleased with you. You pass the test and you're good to go. Amen. And so many times we we feel like we're on the right page. We feel like we're doing the right thing and all of this. And then the subtlety of the enemy comes in to give us a different idea about what we do or or give us. a. And see, you've got to pass God's test. There are all kinds of subtle uh the nuances, you know, abortion is one. Now you'll hear Christians fighting each over other because I know God hates abortion. But when you go into the voting booth, do you look to see who's supporting it and who's not? Well, see, some people are quiet. You understand what I'm saying? See, they don't think it counts there because, and they always got a reason. So this is the test, folks. Testing is sometimes very subtle. 
You ever have a teacher that gave you trick questions? We always think we suspect them. Huh? I thought I had that right. Doggone it. Huh? That's where a lot of Christians are right now. They don't understand why they can't reopen their churches too easily. Well, huh? It's a test. And the vaccine is not going to help this test. People think, oh, yeah, when they get the vaccine, we reopen everything. Really? I don't see that happening right now. Oh, we don't have enough people vaccinated. We got to go. It's going to always be something, darling. You got to dig a little deeper now. You just can't sit up there and watch the news and decide when you're going to obey God. Got to get in your Bible. But you got to pass that test. God is not giving you a pass on shedding of innocent blood. You don't get one on that. You don't get one. You don't get one. So we have to understand where God is testing us. And we got to measure up. Amen. You got to do the right thing at all times. That, that little girl that, that, uh, Abby, what's her name, that did the, yeah, that did the, uh, unplanned movie. You know, that answered a lot of questions for me because I was asking God why the abortion thing doesn't move. It needs, it, the Supreme Court should never have approved that. Never. But that doesn't mean we get a pass. You understand what I'm saying? You you got to be smarter than the Supreme Court. But I realized that she was going to church every Sunday. And she was a manager of a Planned Parenthood. So this is problem for, for us as God's people. We got to get everybody over on the right side of the line. Amen. God's challenging us to stand against these things for him. And see, we want to talk about Catholics they ain't saved. They don't preach the gospel. And all that's a little true. You understand what I'm saying? They, they kind of had their own little rules about stuff. But somehow you can always count on them to be pro-life, anti-abortion. Uh-huh. And then the, the powerful tongue talkers and, and Baptists and all them people will go and vote for people that support abortion in their platform. You understand what I'm saying? So we got to get on the right side of the line, folks. I want to go tell some of these people, y'all holding up the move of God. But he will move where he has freedom to move, trust me. Amen. So we got to develop pockets of purity so he can move and help people. Then that's what we do. Amen. That's always been true. God can say by many or by few. But that's really what the test is all about, is who do you love? Do you love God really enough to obey his commandments against what your friends do, against what your tradition is, against what all of that little deeper stuff is? So Jesus then was after he was tempted in the wilderness, he left that place in the power of the Holy Spirit. So what that means is the devil didn't win. 
if you have a test in your life and you come out still loving God, trusting God, believing God, empowered by God, looking for God to use you to do more, then you pass the test. Amen. There are people that get tested by God and, and quit going to church. Because they didn't get a new whatever. They, well, so-and-so gave me a prophecy. And I, I said, you leave them Facebook prophets alone. <laughs> there's there's a few of them on there who hear from God. But these people, uh, go to your mailbox and you're going to find a check for so-and-so and such-and-such. <laughs> you know. And see, they fall out with God over crazy people and crazy stuff. But you want to be fully empowered. You want to increase in power after the testing. Because the God begins to judge you on how faithful you are. Did this one say no to the devil every time? Or did they make up some excuse for why they couldn't say no and, and stepped over into maybe territory? Amen. Did they say no every time? Amen. To everything. And that's that's what Jesus did. He said no to everything the devil offered him. Uh-huh. See, the devil's crazy. He tried this once before. He keeps trying. He tried to overthrow Jesus in heaven. And he, he fell out. I won't say they kicked him out because the Bible don't say that. He fell. <laughs> Amen. Jesus was like, hey, I didn't touch him. All right. Wanted to, but I didn't. See, you sometimes you fall by your own mistakes. But thank God he picks you up again. If you will repent and get right, he'll pick you up. Amen. So he passed every test. Amen. The devil keeps trying to, try to kill him when he was a baby through Herod. Amen. He sends out all these orders. And so Jesus was very, very glad to be able to start his ministry so he could win back humanity through the preaching of the gospel. So when Jesus read the book of Isaiah in the synagogue, it's in Luke chapter 4, and uh, um, probably about verse 18, He read specifically, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. Now, this was when he was anointed, folks. He was not anointed at the Jordan River. I mean, I know it looks real good to religious people. If the Holy Spirit came down and sat on you like a dove and God screamed from heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You think you had something real big too. I would. But really what God was doing at the Jordan was settling a dispute and a question that John the Baptist had about Jesus. He said, can somebody find that for me real quick? I want to see that Jesus baptized at the Jordan. I don't know if it's in here. Let me see. Uh Yeah, let me see. It says, now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also. No, this isn't the one. I I want the conversation that he had. 
with Matthew. Okay, Matthew 3. Thank you, ma'am. This is why they have different Gospels in here, so you get a full story. It says, verse 13, Matthew chapter 3, verse 13, Then comes Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him, but John forbid him. So he resisted him. He said, I have need to be baptized of thee, and you're coming to me? Jesus answering said to him, let it be so now, for thus it becomes us. It becomes us. In other words, optics are everything. It looks good for us to do this. Because I'm here in a man's body. And if I'm dedicated to God, what are you requiring of all the people wrapped in human flesh to do? Amen. And that is the outward sign of water baptism has no power whatsoever in it. The power is in what it symbolizes. What did you do that you are demonstrating outwardly? Now, I know the Holy Spirit shows up. I know Benny Hinn drags people out of Jordan River slain in the spirit. But that's because there's an inner conviction in the heart of the person. I can show you hundreds of people that got baptized and ain't saved. So, but it is a tradition of the church is an outward sign of an inward decision. So Jesus made the inward decision to be baptized and fulfill all righteousness. Now, why did not he baptize John? Anybody got a stab of a guess? But why? See, this is there's a real reason why not. See, Jesus baptizes in the Holy Spirit and fire, right? Which was not available right now. <laughs> and John wasn't going to be around to see it anyway. So he wasn't a candidate for that. Remember his famous, I must decrease and he must increase. And so he just decreased on out of here. Amen. Just to put it bluntly. But but see, you, you've got to understand these things are consistent. There's a consistent ministry that Jesus has to the body of Christ after repentance. Amen. And after their sins are forgiven. And, and he hadn't made it available for people to have their sins forgiven till after he gave his life for that. And was raised from the dead. And so, but Jesus said, it's it's becoming for us to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, this is a, a recommendation, a requirement that you're making for people who are coming confessing their sins. Amen. Now, Jesus had no sins to confess, but he did get water baptized to fulfill all right. In other words, count me in with the righteous. That's all that was. It says, and when he was baptized, it went up straight away out of the water, and heavens were open. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him, and a voice from heaven, this is my beloved son, this pleases me what he's done. So 
the Father God was talking really to John the Baptist and anybody else that was there to hear. In other words, John, you know, come on, lighten up, bro, cuz. Huh? Yeah, lighten up, cuz. You know, I mean, the fact that they were blood relatives says something. You understand what I'm saying? It's like um, uh, John's trying as best he can to point people to Jesus. And the fact that he's getting attention over Jesus now gives him a little problem. See, it gives him, you know, a little problem. It's like if people would come up and say, oh, you're so holy and so wonderful. You prayed for me and, and, and I got healed and all this. You say, wait, 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 hold it, you know, tone it down a little bit. You know, that's what people see, but that's not really the dynamic of the situation. You know, it's, it's really, really different. And so that's what uh what stumped John. He said, I've been telling these people I'm not worthy to to lace up your sandals and, and pointing people to you and not to me. You know, he was that kind of guy. You know, even though there were cousins, he didn't want to treat Jesus in a familiar fashion. He knew always who he was and that his job was to point people toward the Messiah. Amen. And so then because these are both Servants of God, if a dispute comes up, who best to settle it but God? So he lets John know, this pleases me what you've just done. Don't let it bug your conscience, John. Amen. Don't let this be a problem now. So anyway, um, uh, so Jesus was baptized, but he was not anointed then. He was anointed when he said he was anointed. He ought to know. And we ought to know, too. The anointing is not something that creeps up on you just, you know, all out of, hello. You know, there's there's process to it. You know, there's 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 requirements. Discipline. Many things. Amen. But the best thing is, is when the evidence shows up. Amen. When the evidence shows up. So Jesus was anointed in, in, when he went to the synagogue. This was well after he had been baptized in the Jordan. Then there were people who will tell you things like, um, the first miracle that Jesus did was where? We know that. At the wedding of Cana, absolutely. It says this beginning of miracles was at the wedding. Amen. And so when, when he would go to Galilee and, and in the cities down there and had a lot more freedom than he did in Nazareth. And Nazareth is where they wanted to throw him off a cliff just for saying he was anointed. And when he spoke, his words had power that astonished them, and it it cut them to the heart. I mean, it pricked them real good when he spoke. And that's why the Pharisees wanted to throw him out, because he got attention. The anointing gets attention. Amen? It always does. So, so And it gets good and bad attention. See, the anointing, you must have that resident in you and you must have that as a part of your life 
so that people can be drawn to the right person. Or that when people followed Jesus, it wasn't because he was, you know, all that and the Ricky Martin of Galilee or is he still around? <laughs> Whatever. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it wasn't about all that. In fact, the Bible talks about him as being, you know, what he, it's it, actually Isaiah 53, no form or comeliness that we should desire him that was on the cross. But you get the impression that he was kind of like an average guy, you know, average looking. So it, you know, that kind of thing it was a carpenter. Amen. He was strong and sturdy, but you know, he wasn't no, uh, you know, LeBron James and nobody stand out like that. You know, he was, so, so it couldn't have been looks. It couldn't have been, you know, mannerisms or anything like that, but people sure followed him. Wonder why? Amen. It's the anointing. You got to know that the anointing draws attention. Amen. And the anointing, it demands attention. The anointing demands that you focus in on what God's doing in a situation. Um, when uh, um, Peter and John were at the gate beautiful and that guy was just looking around, he looking for money. You understand what I'm saying? And so he's got two prospects here in front of him, amen, James and John. And sometimes people are just feeling the prospect out, and they're looking for the next one coming along. That looks like he might have a little bit more, you know, he they, he's lining up prospect number two already because he's expecting not to get much or if he gets something cool. But they're always focusing on their next mark. The next person they're going to beg money from. So, but what did Peter and John say? He said, look at us. Quit looking around. Look at us. Amen. So the anointing demands attention so you can focus on what God's doing so you get what you're supposed to get. No silver, no gold. But you can get up and get a job now because you can walk again. I'd say that's your silver and gold coming every day. Amen. That's your dignity back. That's your place in the community. That's everything when that healing comes to you. So Jesus, people followed him because of what he was empowered with and what he carried. Amen. He was anointed of the Holy Spirit. That power draws attention in all three realms, heaven, earth, and under the earth. And devils will come to you will make themselves known (laughs) they just will amen so it's like peter i know and paul i know and they'll know you too if god anoints you and, and you you know operate in that anointing you start to learn about it and follow it through with appropriate behavior so that god can manifest what he wants to do to help people it's not about us we're we're uh earthen vessels amen from the dust we came and the dust we're going to go back. But in the meantime, it's what we get inside of us 
that makes the difference in our lives as we live our lives. So, so Jesus announces to the whole congregation that there's a scripture that's being fulfilled about him. He said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. And, and people wondered and, and kept saying, isn't this Joseph's son? And, and then he tells them, he said, you, I know what you're thinking. He, he's going to say, physician, heal yourself. Now that's a, a product of familiarity in the flesh. And so what we want to do as believers is not look at people in the flesh. We got to look at them the way God sees them. Sometimes you got to ask God, God, show me what what's going on here is is this person for you if they got what i need or or how do i go ahead and, and deal with this thing and so this is this is all that was going on there and jesus kind of rebukes them and then in verse 26 it says and all they in the synagogue when they heard these things were filled with anger and tried to throw him off of a cliff first day being anointed and see, people say they want the anointing, but yet if somebody don't look at them and say hi to them, they won't go home and cry and quit the church. You understand what I'm saying? The anointing is not for crybabies. Huh? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta give it all to Jesus. You don't have a reputation anymore. You don't have your choice of friends anymore. You don't have your choice of whatever anymore. Amen. It, it, it all belongs to him. But the anointing, the first thing sometimes will happen to you is the devil will challenge you when you're anointed. Amen. He may not challenge you personally, one on one, but he may challenge you through different things, challenge you through your friends, challenge you through family, children. You know, that all of those things. He will challenge you. But understand this. If you serve God, you have the power to meet every challenge. You don't have to cower back and get scared and wonder and all of that. You just have to let what's in you flow out of you. Amen. Just like Jesus did. He told them what the Spirit of God was moving him to say. They didn't like it. He knew they weren't going to like it. Amen. But he knew that he would live to preach another day. And that's, that's all you got to be aware of. Well, Lord, I don't know what happened there. And, and it didn't look like it was working right for a minute. But I just repent if there's something I did wrong. Please forgive me. But I plan to live to preach another day. You know, I, I, this anointing is durable like that. It'll keep you going when some other things will not. Amen. After this, Jesus goes down to Capernaum, which is a city of Galilee, and he taught them on the Sabbath day. And they were astonished again at his doctrine because his word was with power. So we talked about the two types of power. One is on your word. And that Greek word is, is exousia, E-X-O-U-S-I-A. And it's translated, see in the Bible, these words, the translation depended on what was in the mind of the translator many times. And if he saw it as power, often he just put power down there. But thank God we have the original words so we can know what the real understanding is. So exousia really means authority 
not a power that you own. So it is a power, but it's delegated power. It's the authority to speak within your realm that you're given the authority in. The centurion, remember him, he's the one who understood this thing about Jesus. And when when he, when his servant was sick, he wanted his servant well, he sent people to Jesus. He actually sent the religious crowd that liked him because he built the temple. So this is like the rich man, benefactor, but he don't go to church. Amen. So he sends people that can speak on his behalf. He knows his place. He knows he's not one of them. But he's got a sick servant here. He's not asking for himself. He's asking for somebody else. And he tells Jesus this. He says, don't don't come to my house. He said, I'm not even worthy for you to step in my door. You know, you know, he says, I got naked pictures on the wall and I got me four and five wives and three, four girlfriends. You know, that's how we roll. That's how we Romans do it. So you better not come up in here. He wasn't sure Jesus had the goods to meet all of that. But he understood something that Jesus had that would do the job, and that was his authority. He says, "He says, just speak the word, and my servant will be healed. Amen? It's like, you know, when you call somebody on the phone for prayer, and they say, well, let me come over. No, girl, don't come over here. You look around all the dirt around everything. It's a hot mess, and so are you. Amen. Now, we pray over the phone. I'm, I get my healing right like this. I'm ready, you know. <laughs> but but that was it, see. We understand authority because of what we understand about Jesus and the anointing. You know that you don't have to be where people are. Amen. For them, for God to have mercy on them, those are mercy healings. Dealing with believers, they need to come to church and get it firsthand. You understand? Because they need to get something in person so they can go out and do something for somebody else. There's a method to that. But he he told Jesus, he says, you're a man under authority, exousia. He says, and I understand that because I also am a man under authority. In other words, he said, I got no power. I'm not Caesar. I'm not the government. I work for them. And they have given me authority. And when I speak, things happen. Amen. When I speak and tell people to do certain things, they always do it. Why? Because Caesar will kill them if they don't. And so when he understood how Jesus' authority operated, he was cool with that. He said, just speak the word. He said, I know your word is what does it. Because you don't have the power. You're, you're in human skin just like I am. That power that comes and drives demons out and drives sickness out is way bigger than a human is. And so that's why signs and wonders always point people to Jesus. Because that power is greater than a human. We're just vessels. Our job is to learn how to let the power flow, don't hold it up. How to have confidence in God who's doing the work. So the dunamis is the end result of your exousia. Your authority comes 
to speak to certain situations, to speak into certain things, to when you lay hands on people, you say, be healed in Jesus' name. Uh, pain come out, let them go. That's your exousia. You take authority over it with your words. And then God follows up by moving that out with his dunamis. The dunamis 100% belongs to God. Amen. That is his package deal. And we are still learning how that works, to be honest with you. Some of us know more than others. Some of us know enough to get certain things done. But we still are learning how that the secret things belong to the Lord. God just says, I'll show up and do it. You don't have to know how I do it. Amen. If I told you, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> no, <laughs> it would mess your head up. You wouldn't be you wouldn't be fit for nothing after that. God show you really how stuff goes on. They'd have to put you in a padded cell at least for a few days. We can't stand what we get. You know, sometimes the anointing, you know, like different times when we, when we have an altar call here. You know, if people don't receive right away, I fall back. And so what I'm trying to do is stay up so I can minister to you. So that's why I don't touch y'all sometimes. Because then we got them, you know, we got the ex-drug addicts, the ex-alcoholics, and they want to get a buzz before they fall. Well, I don't have time for you to wait, Chuck. For you to get your bus seat in here, cause you know something. Y'all know what I'm talking. Poppy, am I right? You see? So I'm telling you. You know, some ones I cause, oh boy, here we go again. Gotta get high and fall. You know what I'm saying? You know, sometimes you get difficulty getting up and you know i'll I'll tell people i say well you want to sit while we doing it avis now i want to fall i want to go here we go okay you gotta fall we let her fall so you know that kind of thing so it's a challenge sometimes staying with the flow of the holy spirit and get the job done you know because that power is powerful amen It'll cause you to tingle. It will when it just, and that's just the reservoir that's in you that's waiting to be released. See, we never get the full thing of the power. You know, that's why sometimes when, when you go home after a meeting, you just are staring in the space and you lay down somewhere, you know. You can't believe where you've been. Huh? And I'm not talking about sister so-and-so tore up to church when she sung that song. I'm talking about the the dunamis of God. Amen. Amen. Uh, that that anointing is fine, but there's there's a power beyond. There's always power beyond what we've experienced, folks. Come on now. This you know God is better than a smart husband. My husband was pretty smart keeping stuff from me. That's how they survive. Other than that, they feel, am I right, Poppy? Come on now, help me out. You know you got to help me out with this. They either got a sock somewhere with stuff in it or, yeah, got to have a stash. That's right. 
that you lose your life if you don't have that stash. Man. So that God is better than a perfect husband. That's why he don't show us everything he got. Amen. Because we think we know it all. And that would act like it. So Jesus operated his exousia just like us release the dunamis he didn't walk around with but he had access to it all and he knew and that's what you need to know you have access to all that you need in god to do the work that he puts before you to do amen he's not going to disappoint people that show up for you to help them and he's not going to discourage you by not being there for you and and bringing the goods amen so so he he wants to keep us like that in a place where we're always encouraged that he's with us to to empower us to do the things that we need to do. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are there as the spirit wills to help us if we'll seek for them. So that's part of your um uh anointing package. You know, I'll just use the word anointing to cover it all. Like Jesus did, he said God had anointed him. Part of the anointing was in preaching. So that's where it'll first show up is in your words. It won't, if you don't speak, you don't get the dunamis. If you don't speak the exousia, you won't get the dunamis. You gotta speak. And see, this is where it, you're, you're, it kills it, you know. Cause you'll be saying things you never saw happen before and you'll say it like you expect it to happen. How you like that one to mess your head up? Huh? We all do it. Now, in, in, in many times, the first time, say the first time you, you offer to pray for somebody because you know God is going to heal them. You know within you or you wouldn't ask them to pray if you could pray for them. Now, if you don't know that, just go sit down, okay? I'm just being rough with y'all because you just need to be rough with some people. Some There's a knowing in you before you open your mouth. There is least a knowing in you that God is going to do something to help them. Sometimes that's all you know. And then after you speak it, you you look at them words running out of your mouth. You say, I didn't say that, did I? Huh? You amaze yourself. See? That's what authority does. It takes you beyond your ability to do what you're saying is going to happen. So you just say, well, God's going to do it. God wants me to pray for you. He's going to heal you. He wants you well. Amen. That's the gospel. That's the truth. If you can't say that, don't go lay hands on nobody. Because the dunamis won't follow what you don't say so you got to say it and then you think "Ooh, i don't know if i should say that again i mean say that or not i don't know what you'll never know until you say it it's called faith that's what faith is amen sometimes you say it because you heard somebody else say it and that's cool too because that comes by unction as well amen the testimony of Jesus is spirit of prophecy. You just prophesy what somebody's told you. They said, they said, and God did it. Amen. And then that word gets in you, and now you got the faith for it. You get the unction for it, and the exousia comes out of your mouth. And God follows it with the dunamis. 
Now let faith follow what you do. When you pray for somebody, you don't keep asking them a zillion times if they feel better. Unless God tells you to. Everybody's entitled to a second touch. If the first touch doesn't get it, they can get a second touch. And you can tell them, now pay attention this time. Amen. Amen. (laughs) See, all of that comes by unction and understanding of how the power of God works first on your words. And then he demonstrates it with signs following. And this is where the tension comes in. Because everybody feels better if they can give somebody an instant miracle. You know, oh, God, I hope you do it fast because I don't want to stand here and sweat. You understand what I'm saying? And, and everybody wants instant. But instant depends on a lot of things. But you got to know that they will recover. And that what Mark 16 tells us. Lay hands up, they will recover. So you gotta believe that. You gotta believe they will recover. Amen? Some of them recover quickly. Some immediately. Some, it's a little gradual thing. But you know that you've spoken the command of God and the results have to happen. Because God always confirms His word with signs following. So don't stand there and take their faith away from them. You understand what I'm saying by watching and being nervous? You ain't doing it anyway. You just talking. Amen. God just got a hold of your mouth for a change. Amen. <laughs> Some of us. <laughs> so Jesus operated in authority with his words that led to supernatural results as the dunamis of God cast out devils, healed the sick. That power followed what he said, always, always followed. Um, in Luke chapter 5 and verse 17, we'll see the power to heal. And starting in verse 12, and it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if you will, You can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. A man full of leprosy. He touched him. Somebody who say, I feel sick and I think I got the Rona. He touched them. Amen. It doesn't matter what they got. The anointing protects you. You gotta believe for it though. Cause you know, there are a lot of people that run around and want to do things for God and you know, this beware of missionary trips. Or I would say, let me see, put it this way. Beware of vacations disguised as missionary trips. Y'all got my meaning? Where they go through Hong Kong, where everything's duty-free. Am I right, Chuck? Yeah, everything's duty-free. And everybody in, in the, all the people who are quote-unquote ministers got these real big bags and they stuff them full of clothes they buy cheap. But it's a missionary trip. (laughs) 
Now, who can somebody help me out here? Y'all ain't seen that? And people come back with disease they can't get rid of? No anointing, no power, no nothing to help nobody. Just because you can pay for a trip, don't that, that don't mean you're anointed to do nothing when you get there. The gospel has never depended on money. So Jesus then went, touched the leper. He put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. Immediately leprosy departed from him. He told him, don't tell anybody, but go and show yourself to the priest and give the um, and offer your cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Now, some people need a touch. Lepers, because see, there were some, remember the ten lepers? He didn't touch anybody. He just gave the command, exousia. They went to the priest under the power of his word. Amen. So the word stays on you until you get to the place where your healing's confirmed. So this man was different, though. Jesus touched this man. Why did he treat him different? Some people need instruction. Some people need a touch. Frankly, anything Jesus would have done for this man would have gotten the job done. But he decided to touch him. Amen. And in healing is is. Interesting because it's a a touch ministry. When there's too many people to touch everybody, the Holy Spirit comes down and touches everybody at one time. So with the ten lepers, it could have been um, uh, not enough time to go touch everybody, but the command sent them. So the Holy Spirit has the freedom to instruct the minister however he needs to to get the job done. But here this man who has been shunned by people, away from people, all unclean all his life, could use a touch. In fact, Jesus knows everybody could use a touch. Sometimes we don't even, we're not even sick. And we'll get in a line because we know the power of God's there to touch us. Amen. So so there's that touch ministry that's always been a part of compassion, healing. That's how that's how healing is taught to people. You ever notice that if you hurt yourself, you touch yourself, you keep touching it. I mean, if some injury, you keep touching it and rubbing it. See, that's like a remnant of the knowledge that we have that touch brings healing. It always does. Amen. Touch will bring people confidence and and health. There there are they did these studies years ago when I was a nurse. <laughs> Don't say how many years ago, but anyway. Um but they were they would they would um 
um, study babies and how they responded. What what environments were best for them to cause them to, uh, you know, to thrive, to eat, to grow, all of those things. They found that that babies who were held the most were the fattest, the most alert, the 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 growth chart. They were alertness, all the things they test their neurological stuff and all that was always way off the charts. And the ones who didn't get much. Now, this is important because, you know, sometimes I think women are too quick to take your baby to a a daycare. You understand what I'm saying? And then they get put in a bed and barely noticed they don't get that one-on-one you know even if you have to not work for nine months ten months whatever you can sacrifice do that i mean women used to do it automatically they wouldn't trust nobody with their infants you understand what i'm saying so is it any wonder we got a lot of problems with and young people, that they don't feel a connection of love. They don't feel a strong attachment. They don't feel, don't ever say it doesn't make any difference if you have your, you raise your own baby. I don't care if Nana got it, great Nana got it, whoever got it. It makes a difference. Babies know who their real mother is. They've been knowing them for nine months, and all of a sudden you're going to send a substitute in a pinch hitter. Now, I'm not putting nobody under any kind of condemnation or shame, but you got scientific, and see, these scientific things were proven way beyond before we got into this mess we're in now. The reason you got daycare mostly is because the government's paying for it. Huh? So Uncle Sam has, has got your kids. You know, you if you can at all, go get them back. In fact, they got them back now. Everything's shut down. You, you people are finding out <laughs> you can do this, amen. But, but touch definitely is important for life. It's important. People get divorced. Why? You don't love me no more. How do you know? You don't. Uh, Poppy, you don't have to co-sign that when we we just go leave that one out there. <laughs> we don't want to indict nobody that's living, you know what I'm saying? But but you <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But those are signs from people. Those are signals. You know, you you just it's the touch that causes you to feel comfortable, feel needed, feel what you feel like everything's okay. And so this leper needed more than just to have his symptoms go away. He needed to be reintroduced into society. He needed to know that people would, it was okay for him to not call himself unclean, to drop that handle and now get, get to be a functioning person in society. So Jesus like does a total job. He's not just getting you off the sick bed, but he's putting something in you that reinstates you into life. When he was saying your faith has made you whole, that means you leave here without without lacking anything. When Peter's mother was healed and she got up and cooked dinner for them, 
You know, he didn't he didn't heal her because he was hungry. <laughs> That's what I would do. But <laughs> then I'm just me, just Barb, you know, but but they immediately it was like they snapped out of they didn't need a convalescent period. In other words, when God heals you, you can get up and go start doing stuff you used to do immediately. Amen. You don't need no three days in bed and in all of that and gradually. You know, it might take that sometimes until your mind clicks in that you're well. But many of those people got up like the little girl that he brought back to life. He told him feed her something right now. You know, not not that stuff they give you in the hospital. Huh? Amen. People don't get well off that stuff. They sit there, roll their eyes at you, and still hungry. And it's like, you know, well, you, on the dietitian, am I right, Miss Pat? Can you send them up a full tray, please? Uh, you know, <laughs> this one going to be problems if we don't give them something to eat. So, you know, people recover quickly when they, when Jesus would heal them, when the anointing comes into you the dunamis of god comes in and makes everything puts every cell in order in your body immediately you may not see everything on the outside right away but that power is working in you amen that power is working in you or whomever it is that that god would have you to touch and so jesus then heals this man and and he's totally restored amen all he has to do is go get off the sick list from the temple but he said go show yourself to the priest the priest had a record that that man was unclean so jesus removes all the bad report about you when he heals you he removes a reproach People at HIV, you know, that's like the scourge of of the present age. And God removes the reproach of people like that. People embrace you, treat you like nothing's wrong, nothing's going on. You understand what I'm saying? When God does it, I'm saying. Amen. When God does it. And so Jesus then was able to to see the power, the power of the Holy Spirit work because he did his words first and then the power always followed the words amen amen so in 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 testing when god tests us and he puts us through different trials oftentimes a trial is restricting us in some manner it's restricting your flesh from expressing itself restricting you from having the freedom to go here there and everywhere there's some kind of limitation on you, a godly restraint on your life so that God can have enough time with you to harness you and corral you and get your attention so that he can talk to you and tell you some stuff. Amen. If many times we bugging God, and we want to know this. We want he wait for you to shut up and sit down so he can talk. Be like, who are you talking to? I'm God. You sit down. You wait. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Because, you know, some people, first thing they want to do is get up and run, tell somebody. Oh, I, ooh, now listen, honey. I had a vision. Oh, boy. Uh, 
kept a lot of stuff to herself. You know, the, there was a, the, sometimes they say she kept these things, pondered them in her heart. She, when you ponder things, you're waiting for God to help you make sense of it. You're not hiding your business from. Come on now, Mary was an unwed mother. They say, you think she hiding her business from anybody? God put your business on front street so you'll know what things are are sacred and what things are not. Amen. And so Mary would ponder many things in her heart. Many things. Turn to uh, John. Let me see. John. Where John at? Where do we want to be? Either John 5 or John 2. I always tell people I have Bible dyslexia sometimes. That's a bad confession, ain't it? But uh, I, if, if I have the, the numbers of a scripture, I get them right. So I go to two sometimes, five sometimes. It was John chapter 2. And this was the wedding feast in Cana. In verse 1, the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And he asked her, this really uh, word woman really should be mother. You know, it's, he said, what do I have to do with you? My hour is not yet come. In other words, what he's saying is I'm not sensing the anointing i'm not feeling anything going on here but the rent and the people getting ready to get nasty because they out of drink (laughs) but he's sensing every nothing nothing like god amen and so she leaves him alone and goes to the servants and tells them this whatever he tells you to do See, here's the exousia. Huh? She says with authority. She's not saying, well, you know, do you think you could make yourself available just in case my boy tells you? I mean, you know, we might want you to know. She said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Amen. Where did she get this from? And why didn't he not sense it? See, the thing of it is, when Mary would ponder things in her heart, this is the result of it. Somehow, everything she's seen made sense to him, to her, at this point. She knew, you know, some people say, well, well, you know, he's maybe Mary had asked him before. No, 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 no. It says here plainly, this is the beginning of miracles. She ain't seen him do nothing before. Because for a miracle, it takes raw faith. It takes the, the, uh, the faith to say that word out of your mouth. And it didn't fall on Jesus. It fell on her. So there was a demand put on him to obey what the father was going to have him do. When at that time when Jesus, you know, they missed him for three, two or three days, they think he's back there with the rest of the kids and he's in the temple. 
and he kind of rebukes them when they they got testy with him he got a little testy right back they said why'd you do this to us we've been looking for you he said why were you looking for me he said don't y'all pray huh he said didn't you know i would be about my father's business in other words don't y'all pray i'm not just y'all ordinary kids y'all know who i am and right now i'm getting instructions from my father my real father he said my real parents (laughs) amen (laughs) so from that day forward she took her rebuke she said well maybe i better tell his daddy on him so that's what she did from then on in it was on then if you if you're if you got a kid in your house and they smarten at you a little bit and you understand that oh i go somebody oh see moms who who get stuck with the kids and they be rebellious and they look when the father comes on everybody's sitting down it's just mother says oh i got somebody i can go to now so you stop struggling with your kids from that day on and start telling your daddy. Tell your daddy. I'll tell your daddy. I get him on you. And everything quiets down. Amen. And that's all Jesus did. He referred them to his father. He said, didn't you know my father gave me something to do these three days? Why are you looking for me? Huh? So this is one of those I'm going to tell your daddy situations with Mary. When he says his hour's not come, she said, I'm going to see about that. And she comes away with her exousia to give the servants. And the Father, Holy Spirit says, no, just talk to the servants and get them moving around. And he'll get the hint. Huh? So she comes back with a word to them that stirs up Jesus. He has to commit now. Amen. He's got to find what the Spirit of God is telling him to do. Amen. So sometimes your first answer prayer, your first miracle will be something that pits you against something you've never been involved with before. And don't want Jesus don't want to be responsible for no wine. Number one, he'd rather they run out of chicken wings if you ask me or cake or something. Huh? Or fish? He was good at fish and bread, you know. But, uh, later. But, but the thing of it is, there must be a pressing situation. Your kids got a fever and you'd have been to emergency room, I don't know how many times, and the fever's still there. That will press you to lay hands on that kid yourself. And tell that devil to leave him alone and watch him cool down right under your hand. You got me? And so, so these are the things that cause ministry and anointing to spring up. It's a need meets a source. And then the word is spoken so that when that word is spoken, then that gives the dunamis power of God permission to come and do the work and confirm the word with signs following. Amen. All right. We can stop. Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord, that we are your kingdom servants and we will serve father we expect now to understand you more and more so that we can respond and we can serve humanity because we've been called to do that we have been called to do that we have been called to do that
So I, I, the Lord wants me to release his power after uh, our meetings on Sunday uh, so that we can receive what he has. Uh, we also release it to the people who are watching by the Internet. And uh, I just would encourage people to, when you receive the power, whether you're here or there, begin to pray and expect God to put you in situations where he will have you pray for people. Amen. Amen. Miss Donna, you have a ministry, you thought, delivering bread, and, and it's a prayer ministry where you pray for people and they get healed. God heals them. Amen. So this is how it happens, folks. Just in the everyday, God, I want to serve you things. And, and uh, allowing God to put you in those positions where that, uh, that begins to happen. And, and the more you are faithful with it, the more opportunities he will give you. Sometimes God wants you to start laying hands on people and and uh, and see them recover, and and He has to get you equipped to do those things. You know, there are many people who have been sitting at home, not being able to go to church. Look to be equipped. Don't think this time wasted is for nothing. You know, I mean, the time away is for nothing. And so God wants to empower His people. I mean, it's we're right at the door. Of the outpouring of God's Holy Spirit, you know, I can I can tell how it's changed over the years, and I'm thankful to God that He's always increased it. Amen. Always increasing. That's a blessing. When I think about it, you know, sometimes you don't really think about these things till God brings them to you. So why don't we get the young ladies in here too? So yeah, let them come in. Fill up the seats first before I get started. If you want to stand in front of your chair, standing is better because if you can do that, you'll get the full effect of the power. Don't worry about falling. People worry about so many things that aren't worth worrying about. You know, there are people in churches where God could really pour out his spirit and everybody don't want to fall. I'm thinking, oh my goodness. What's the difference between falling and not falling? One of them, you're in control. Not falling, you're still in control. Sometimes you need to get the fullness benefit of the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for your anointing and for your power. Such as I have, I give to your people. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. So when I when I send the power your way, just say I receive, okay? So if you need healing, it's the power to heal. Amen. Let this this power do something to you. Amen. So just say I receive my healing, I receive my strength, whatever it is you're expecting from God. Amen. Praise God. We'll start with Rachel.
watching on the internet, anywhere by your uh, visual devices, just stretch your, forth, your hands forth toward the screen. You can touch the screen and receive the power of God in the name of Jesus. Receive the power of God in Jesus' name. Those of you who need healing, just say, I receive my healing. Pray for the sick. I receive the anointing to pray for the sick. They will recover. Amen.
everybody all well father we do thank you for your presence it is so holy and so enriching like nothing we've ever we can't produce this on our own Lord we're so thankful it comes from heaven it's all good we thank you for that father I thank you for the people who are assembled here that they've come to hear your word to experience what you have for them Father, and I'm so thankful that you pour out to us every time we meet. We're never disappointed. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. All right, let's do our declaration. I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. And I thank you, Father, that by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen. It's so decreed. Amen. Amen. Praise God.